somehow my daughters fell in love with Formula One. I don't know how or why, but I'm not arguing. They may not know wheel, but does anyone? Hi, and welcome to We Don't Know Wheel F1. I'm Anne. And I'm Grace. We're two sisters who fell in love with Formula One and decided to make a podcast to force all our friends and family into listening to us talk about F1. And today we're going to uh, just chat all things Baku 2023. Yeah, I mean, I was very much looking forward to this race. Thank goodness we're back to racing. Four weeks is too long. Way too long. Um, It wasn't maybe quite as exciting as I was expecting, considering how wacky Australia was. And then you were like, if anywhere should be pretty wild it should be Baku and then it was like perfectly fine it was still a good race I felt Anne doesn't think so she's told me already she thinks there was not enough overtaking the cars are not like able to get close enough to each other yeah I mean that's true it really felt like through the weekend it's like each progressive thing got less exciting than the previous where like I like, I didn't watch pre-practice one, but I, like, pulled up the, like, kind of report of things that had happened, and it seemed wild, like, multiple red flags and drivers just, like, not knowing what they're doing, and then the first qualifying for the race was wild with red flags and drivers making mistakes, where you're just like, what are you doing? And then after that, each thing got progressively almost less interesting in a way. I mean, like I can... the qualifying for the sprint was almost exactly the same as qualifying for the race in the sprint race not too much happened except that Checo passed uh Charles and then in the race like besides one yellow flag with Nick Debris crashing into a corner like it was not that interesting of a race so it just felt like the whole weekend went downhill That feels so harsh because, well, I see what you're saying. I do think, like, I wonder how much the format of not having all those free practices changes things because they're trying to get to grips with the track very quickly and they have very little room for error. And they know that, like, if they mess up, they're ruining their entire weekend. So they're very motivated to be a bit more risk averse. And, well, it Um, makes it so that, you have to get your setup totally right in free practice one because you can't change it after that. Which That's is like so Nico Hulkenberg started in the pit lane during the race when he qualified 12th because he wanted to make changes with his car because he wasn't happy with what they had done during free practice one. And he like felt uncomfortable driving his car during the sprint. Mm-hmm. But- well, yeah, I mean, I think to me, I thought that was more of what was going on there was just like pretty risk averse and not a lot. Most of them didn't seem entirely comfortable with the car. I thought it was super interesting how by the end of the race, they were like, actually, Charles and uh, Fernando were like totally keeping pace with the Red Bulls. But they had like tucked it away, I think, thinking that they weren't going to have that pace through the whole race. Um, thinking that the tires so, were going to drop off a lot faster. And those hards just yeah. lasted forever. Yeah. yeah. So 
I don't know. Um, I thought the sprint was a good race, although not, you know, not crazy exciting. I liked the Georgian, uh, I'm post 24 hours of call. So everyone needs to give me a break today. <laughs> uh, George and Max Verstappen. Yeah. That name. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed that drama. So entertaining. <laughs> It's always interesting to watch like the transformation as people go from being like the young upstart to the more like to the defending champion, because mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, usually world champions come out of being risk takers and being aggressive and then they become the world champion and they're like, how could you take a risk like that? Where could I go? What am I supposed to do in this situation? Mm -hmm. um, and it's just funny to see Max already like embracing that, even as Holy he's still it. so young. <laughs> yeah, Will Buxton was saying like, Max is complaining about the things that he became famous for doing. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the fight after the race to me was so entertaining and it was fascinating to watch like like max when he was going up to talk to george in the pit after the race that was like how he truly felt and then like during different interviews like he like tempered it kind of but also watching the uh full uh interviews up with it was the like uh the top three finishers press conference that's what i'm thinking um he was just like he was spitting fire <laughs> with his answers on like all sorts of different topics where it's like oh my gosh you're just being like so blunt and so honest it was well he's such good entertainment he's so unhappy if he's not winning like yeah <sighs> He's just grumpy if he's not the winner. Yes. Um. And like, yeah, poor Char like, yay, Charles finally on the podium. But then also that side where you're like, he's so happy to just be on the podium. <laughs> uh, like, that's a rough start to a season for I know Ferrari and it's Charles. Did you see his face when he was being interviewed after the sprint and told, like, you scored more points today than you have, like, in the previous yeah. three races? Because <laughs> he only had six points. He in, has to know that. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. he knew that. But just, like, hearing it out loud is probably a different experience. But, yeah. So. Yeah. I was a little so surprised that, was... that there was not more drama with Max after he got second in the race. But it seemed I know. very I wonder like, how much old and like we're all happy families over here at Red Bull. Yeah, they must he must have had some talkings too. <laughs> where like and I speculation only. Uh like I just imagine there are closed door discussions where it's like of course you're our number one driver of course we're gonna make sure you're the world champion but then but but we have to publicly act like either of you could do it so just 
nod and don't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) But I have you ever heard the story that apparently after Max and Daniel crashed in Baku back in 2018, Christian Horner forced them to go around and apologize to each individual department back at the factory. I have heard that. Which I I wonder if Christian Horner had some conversations with Max after the sprint. I mean, it's definitely obvious that Checo is going for the world championship. Um, I think also like it's such an intriguing combo. I've seen so much stuff online where people are like, I don't want to be a Red Bull fan, but I do want to be a Checo fan. Um, And like, he's got such, he's got so much support. When we were at the Long Beach Grand Prix, which obviously it's Long Beach, but like so many people were wearing Checo Red Bull merch. Like it was everywhere. It It was like Checo Red Bull Ferrari. Oh, like that makes me so happy. Yeah. So I think he just has such huge support. And like, you can tell too, when you're looking, like when they pan across like the, um, I don't know the word. There's things that people sit in. Thank you. (laughs) When they pan across the grandstands, like you can see all the people in the Checo merch. Like, yeah, yeah, it's exciting. I'm, and it's fun to see a championship fight between two teammates like that, where one really feels like an underdog. Yeah. I think people like that. Yeah. He feels like an underdog. It also, from the outside, Checo seems just like, a good decent human being that it's a lot easier to for people to cheer for him compared to max who has all of this like baggage associated with him when are we getting our freaking checko drive to survive episode because also i've heard that like one i know know. it was terrible and now i'm just afraid that he's gonna like really be competing and they're not going to have, because I thought he was maybe declining to be involved with Drive to Survive this season. I had heard that for the for last season, but he was in it. Okay. Okay. Then I feel better because yeah. I'll be really upset if there's nothing in there. Well, especially with like how the beginning of the season is playing out. Even if it doesn't turn into a f- title fight, the fact that it at least has a chance of turning oh, into yeah. a fight between the two of them, I think is a big, big deal. Which... Most people that I've heard talking about this so far have been in the camp of like, it's Checo's doing so great and this is awesome and we hope it turns into a title fight, but can he sustain it over yeah. 19 more races? Which, I, I mean, it's fair. Mm-hmm. It's fair. Yeah, um, it definitely seems like that's a good question. I think at a minimum, he's going to be competitive with Max, which is yes. enjoyable. Yeah, When which- the Red Bulls seem like they're just in a league of their own right I think <laughs> what did Charles is... say after the race it was one of the loneliest races <laughs> oh Charles um but I think it is a different situation this year because not only does Checo seem very comfortable with the car and he's actually able to be keep keeping pace with Max for the most part most part both in qualifying and the race but the Red Bull is just so so much further ahead than everybody else that means that like Basically, any time that Max is not going to win right now, Checo is going to be there unless he's crashed. 
Yeah. And um, last year, when there were, like, at the beginning of the season, two teams that were in the fight for winning, by the end of the season, three teams, even if Max wasn't winning, it wasn't a guarantee that Checo was going to be, like, right behind him because the other teams were so much more competitive. I do also think, like, it seems like it's there's a trend towards development of the car over a season that often will fit one driver more mm-hmm. um so it always seems like at the beginning of the season things are a little more evenly matched and then yeah <laughs> it kind of gets away yeah I... and who even knows if it's development or if it's just you know starting yeah. out as a car that's more approachable for a driver but I feel like from the outside it seems more like Checo is less willing to accept second best anymore and more willing to push the team of like I need to be given equal chances you have to let me at least try and win this and you can't just give it to Max I'm like bring back the tweet where you say you want to be world champion yes (laughs) yes yeah 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 and you can well also like I mean obviously the group he has at Red Bull like he has also cultivated a lot of team support oh yeah himself which is important yeah that's a real Fernando move no (laughs) I mean but I think Fernando used to do it with fear and Checo's doing it with like affection (laughs) yes which like I just remember back to the Josh Savannah episode where he wins in Sakir he like talks about when he's leaving the team that like some of the guys were crying because he was leaving and like that scene where he's talking to all of his team is like whenever you come to Mexico like I'll take care of you it's just like it's so sweet and like that type of relationship takes time but I'm sure he's developed mm-hmm. those relationships at Red Bull now yeah I've definitely seen some memes about like the way your team cheers for you when you're like going up against the the reigning world champion <laughs> and it was... when they when he they jumped like... up at the fence so or not there was yes. a fence there but it was it's a so little barrier. Sweet. Yeah, some sort of barrier. But it's so sweet. Yeah. So fun. Yeah. So I can't believe that Checo, I can, but it's also crazy that he won the sprint and the race. I know. I'm fully on board the like Checo pulling a Nico Rosberg and beating Max and then saying, you know what? I'm just going to go be a dad with my kids. Oh, speaking of dads, <laughs> have you heard? Um, Kevin Magnuson is maybe expecting another he baby. Is expecting another baby, and I heard How another exciting. girl. Very exciting. So exciting. Yeah. Which um, their daughter is ridiculously cute. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't feel like there was a lot of drama this weekend. Maybe I wasn't quite connected enough because I was working the whole weekend. <laughs> but like, it was definitely like George and Max. Yeah, um, I still but also can't like believe... George is such a British like diffuser. Like he was just yeah. like, "What do you mean you're upset? I left you space. <laughs> Always, you must leave a space. This is what every angry world champion says. Always, you must be leaving space. I swear, there's a video of Sebastian Vettel talking to Daniel Kvyat 
it's the torpedo one where he's like what was I supposed to do and Danny's like I left you space or something he's like always you must be leaving space (laughs) (laughs) I still can't believe that Max actually called him that word on live television (laughs) that shocks me not at all it's still wild so fun (laughs) yeah I can't believe how much damage there was to his side pod. I was like, how did it even happen like that? And well, when you were watching like, the you couldn't it see it like, at all. It wasn't you, until he stopped. Couldn't, no. And like, I was like, does George's car have like defense system on it? <laughs> like in uh, Greece with the drag race they do at the end of yes, the day. Yes, that was what it looked like. <laughs> There's a huge hole in the side of Max's car. And yeah, it was funny to watch the race and all the commentators are like, I don't think he touched him. No touch, no touch. And then at the end, there's this huge hole in his car. And it definitely also made me be like, I'm not saying I was wrong, but they all of those cars were much hardier than I expected. Although, I mean, I guess Nick, Nick DeVries like t- touched a wall and just whoop. Well, he, like, broke the suspension on one wheel. Well. So it wouldn't turn. So. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but, I mean, when Lance Stroll hit the wall, it looked harder. And he just kept on driving. (laughs) Well, also, both Checo and Max, like, brushed the wall many times. Did you hear the, uh, the radio message where Checo's engineer was like, um... What just happened at T15, Checo? I didn't hear it. I heard Checo talk about it after, I think. Yes. And he was saying, like, oh, I was just like looking at the data, trying not to be distracted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was definitely. I mean, I'm kind of obsessed with like, is it Fernando when he comes into a team? He's like, I know that we're all about being fast and light, but you must also make a car that can take a hit. Like, what is he doing? Is that, does he bring that with him everywhere he goes? I don't know. Also, I was obsessed. I'm like, is this a the Fernando to Lance, like, radio messages? So Lance messages, like, tell Fernando I won't compete with him because they're teammates, which that's so rare. And then so Fernando is like, tell Lance my break setup. It's like, or was it his some setup that he thought he needed i think it was a brake setup that would help him like do better in the race and, then and like, i'm like two laps later he hits the wall conspiracy you think <laughs> i don't know um, oh she does she I... does think i was like this is a pr stunt i like that you were like this is actually from land. <laughs> no, okay. Well, I was listening to a <laughs> podcast earlier and they were talking about this and what they thought was that if they had been like fighting for the lead, it absolutely would have been Fernando like pulling one over on Landstrom. Yeah. But in this case, Where- I think that Fernando actually wants the team to do better in the Constructors' Championship. And well, if... Lance Stroll does better. That means Lawrence Stroll is happier, and you want the boss happy. Sure. I mean, also, I feel like 
if Fernando is smart, he made it a part of his contract that like he gets more money, the better the team does because uh, Lawrence is going around saying they're going to be a top team in the next five years. So yeah. And obviously like just this year alone, I feel like Fernando has really proved like I've got time left in formula one. This is not the end of my career, which is rad. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a total PR stunt. I was like, they just want us to like Aston Martin because they're trying to make them look like friends. (laughs) (laughs) Or they're pulling a real, like, do you remember when Daniel first went to McLaren and George was at, uh, Mercedes and there were memes going around about how Daniel, treated Lando and it was like Chris Hemsworth with his kid and he's holding her over his back by one leg (laughs) and then (laughs) um, Hamilton with George and it's him like cuddling it was I can't remember who that one was but it was like another celebrity like cuddling their kid oh I think it was Robert Downey Jr. like cuddling their kid or something and I can't believe that Fernando's like stepping into that role because I feel like him and Ocon had a contentious relationship. It it seemed like from the outside, we never saw that it was super contentious, but it felt like behind the scenes. It never felt friendly. How about that? No. And Lance and Fernando seems weirdly friendly right now. Honestly, they make sense to me as like a friendship pairing. I don't know why, but I think that Lance seems like the kind of person who's just like, yeah, whatever, dude, let's check it out. And Fernando just wants someone to listen to him. So like, and Ocon seems so like he really wants to prove himself. So I can imagine that Ocon and Fernando were like two heads budding. Yeah. Versus it's like Fernando's friends with all the young guys on the grid who say they've looked up to Fernando. Like he loves mm-hmm. a guy who's like, Fernando is my idol. And I came to Formula One because I saw Fernando and I wanted to do that. And honestly, it does seem like Fernando has inspired basically like everyone on the grid who's not from the UK to get into karting and become a Formula One driver, which is mm-hmm. crazy, impressive. Yeah. But he's out here for anyone who's not from the UK who will like look up to him a little bit and give him like his little bit of respect I watched this video on the like Sky F1 YouTube channel of Ted Kravitz going out to Canada and like going skiing with Lance over the winter break I think I just heard Uh, about this tell me because someone was like you just have to watch that and Lance is so likable in it he is he's so likable the only thing I didn't like about him was he's a skier instead of a snowboarder all you have to do is add uh Logan Sargent to the grid and Lance becomes infinitely more likable to to be honest with you like Nicholas Latifi was like what a little lovely weird guy yes so you weren't going but you add yeah Logan Sargent and suddenly you're like Lance Stroll seems lovely. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> I don't know. I, I cannot believe I'm actually kind of becoming a fan of Aston Martin this year. But like I I really like 
racing point. But as soon as it became Aston Martin, I was like, this is stupid. They're just like becoming this team with all this money and this fancy name, and they're not going to be the same anymore. But I'm actually enjoying the team this year. She's about ready to get some Aston Martin merch. I will also say at the Long Beach Grand Prix, there were quite a few people wearing Aston Martin merch, which I was like, really? How fast did you get this stuff? <laughs> yes. Well, okay. So it was it's Checo Red Bull merch. Then Ferrari. What other things did you see there? Was there a lot of McLaren? <laughs> there was a bit of McLaren. There were quite a few like uh, Grosjean jerseys. I was like Jersey, um, but they really have more like these like shiny like Jersey looking dirts. I felt like, mm-hmm. and maybe I only had my eyes peeled for like F one stuff, so I can only tell you like what F one stuff I was noticing. I feel there like you would have known vintage... McLaren Indy car stuff because yeah. it's still orange. No, I still noticed the McLaren like garage and stuff, but I don't remember seeing like quite as many people out in their McLaren merch. Um, you see that Ramon got second again yesterday. I saw that he was like gonna. Did you send me this about how he's had his trophies or something from Formula One? Yeah. What was that, Anne? What does that mean? Apparently, he, he like got trophies when he was driving with Alpine, and they sent them to him because normally the team keeps them. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Were they just sending them because they were there for the Miami Grand Prix? <laughs> Sorry, can you repeat that? Were they just sending them because they were there for the Miami Grand Prix? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. I just thought it was sweet. But yeah, he got, yeah, that was very sweet. He got second again. And only because I feel like you're upset about that. And I I'm like, what's wrong him. with that? That's want... great. Why are you feeling bad for him? He's getting second. Two times in a row where he's been fast enough to win. You know what? Some people just aren't meant to be the number one. (laughs) Sometimes I do wonder about that. Like, I think all of them obviously are very competitive. They want to be world champion. But then I wonder, like, there have to be guys out there who are kind of like, I want to do really well. I would love to be the world champion. But just being here is like, this is fun. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like they do all legitimately want to be world champions i think that's true i'm not saying they don't want to but i think some of them maybe have like a little bit more there's definitely the ones who are like hell no the only thing i want is to be world champion again or like be it for the first time and then there's a few that i'm like they seem like they're just they want to get out there be competitive do the best they can do i think it's some of them are better at handling it when they're in a situation where they know that they're not going to be able to be competitive for a while. We're like, Alex Alvin seems like he's having a great time at Williams and he's getting a lot out of the car. And he's also like, he totally recognizes he's not going to win anytime soon. Even like Lando Norris, same thing where he's just like, just here to develop the car and hopefully not have a horrible weekend. (laughs) Did you hear, speaking of Lando Norris, did you hear Oscar Piastri was sick all weekend? Like a stomach yes, bug. I did. It sounds awful. Poor guy. guy. It's got to be a real transition. I mean, I guess he's been traveling with F2 and being like a reserve driver, but it does have to be a real transition to go into like traveling all the time and eating food all over the world and just yeah. like 
recently I saw a video. This only is tangentially related to what we're talking about, but it's <laughs> from the Australian ground. And it's Carlos talking about how much he loves breakfast in Australia. And <laughs> I was just like, I love that. And I love I remember seeing that video. It was so yeah, he's like, I just don't eat as much at lunch or dinner because I want to eat a really big breakfast when I'm here. Like, you must have said that in the chat somehow. No, no, <laughs> I probably did. I just, it must be so interesting to travel, but like not really have as much flexibility with your diet where it's like, you probably should eat the same things mm. leading up to your race. And then you're kind of leaving right away anyways. Yeah, definitely a different world. Um, okay, let me look at my list of things about this race. Uh yeah, obviously very few incidents. And should we talk about Nick DeVries? Poor Nick DeVries. He's really having like a tough transition into Formula One, I feel like. Yeah, I know. It, it almost feels like he just needs to like get out of his head and just drive. Because with Monza, he didn't have any preparation. I was like, Okay, you're getting in the car, go. And he just went and he did really, really well. Um, and I don't know why he's struggling so much, but it's sad to see because he seems like a nice person. And well, I also have this, I have a bad feeling that if things don't improve soon, like Liam Lawson is taking that seat this year. That's another American, isn't it? No, he's Australian. Oh, or no, he's a Kiwi. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll accept it. No. Um. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he had been, like, test in reserve for so many teams. It's kind of interesting to think about, like, he – I've heard drivers say, like, um, Alban has talked about when he was testing at Red Bull, and he was like, I worked harder than I did driving, and you're in, like, the car more. Um. So I wonder how much of this is a transition to like the different things you're doing when you're a driver versus when you're test and how much, you know, like, I mean, Max is on the sim all the time. It seems like literally all he does, if he has a choice when he's home, is he just sim races the entire time. so crazy. Right. Like, how do you not have more hobbies that you want to do? Like, you're in front of a screen the whole time. I mean, I as know. cute as those videos of Kelly PK's daughter, Penelope, going up to him are, it's like, it. I I could not do one thing that much like he does. No. Yeah, I'm with him. Yeah, but Nick DeVries, I hope he finds his kind of mojo. It's, I do have to say, like, I'm really excited for Yuki because he's definitely been looking really good. Kelly. And it feels like he's, like, kind of stepped into a good place for himself. What is going on with Alpine, actually? Like, oh, they were really. Yes. Pierre's car is on fire before, like, was that? in free practice like before he even left it well it definitely wasn't free practice um i just remember seeing that video of like the smoke billowing out which was 
little not freaky. good. Too many um, times Pierre's car's on fire because that happened when he was uh, at. Did it happen in Australia? Alpha Tori. No. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I don't. It um, uh, it almost felt like because he had issues in free practice one, they just like could not at any point in the weekend get on top of anything. Yeah. With it also points so. No. Besides the like normal top eight, the two point scores were Lando and Yuki this week. Good for Yuki. Pierre was like way at the back of the grid. I honestly don't remember all that much. You were not what happened with Pierre's attention. race. I I was paying attention and I was like, I don't understand what's happening to him. They had him pit really early or something, and then he was like way behind everyone, and then he like crawled his way back up up and it still didn't get any points because then i don't know there was something else that yeah happened. yeah it alpine as well as like valtteri botas again had Oof, a yeah. terrible weekend it makes you who's the okay who's the guy in formula two who just won isn't he in the ferrari academy Oh, and people are like, "This is the future." Um, Everyone's paying attention. Ollie Bierman. Yeah, Ollie Bierman. Valtteri better watch out. <laughs> they do always like to have like an experienced driver yeah. at Alfa Romeo. No, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, I. Nick Debris very much in danger of possibly losing his seat. I'm worried <laughs> that Valtteri is. <laughs> Yeah. But he, yeah, did once again just have a terrible weekend. Yeah. I don't know. But um, what I was going to say earlier is that I think one of the things that is contributing to this season as a whole not seeming as exciting as the previous couple of seasons is that there's there's really only like two points positions for people that you wouldn't necessarily expect to score points every single yeah. day. Which it's like, like it's the top so teams fun. are getting all of their people in the yes. front. So then you're like, well, there goes six points positions. And eight then now you add in Aston Martin and you're down eight. And then there's just two people who can get in those last points. And they're really yes. fighting for their lives. <laughs> yes. Which like, it's so fun and so exciting that Aston Martin got up with that top bunch of cars but it like fighting over P nine and T P ten for everybody else kind of sucks. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I think you're being a little bit harsh because Australia was like a huge shakeup, and there have only been four races this season. So I think like this race wasn't super exciting. I did enjoy like I. I thought the, I thought Fernando overtaking Carlos was quite nice. I thought uh, Charles really showed what the Ferrari can do. He kept it in front of Fernando. I feel like that's impressive. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like we're getting to see the Red Bull, like kind of drama there. It was the first Um, time that Max and Checo were actually fully racing each other. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not too. I'm not too upset about it. I should have been. I'm not upset about, about it yet. Where Checo won two races. 
Yeah, I know. It's your favorite guy. You should be happy. <laughs> Imagine being a Carlos fan. <laughs> oh, Carlos has been having a bit of a rough start to the season. Yeah, it's certainly been, you know, it's also made me realize I think I've always been like, I like to cheer for like a second driver. Hmm. Who is your second driver this year then? Oh, I sorry. You don't want to cheer for the number one. You want to cheer for the number no. two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like mom is the same way. She yeah. hates Max. She strongly dislikes Charles. And I think part of that is like the whole Ferrari golden boy thing. But she likes she likes Jacko and she loves Carlos. But what about George? Mercedes is really interesting this season because I feel like it doesn't feel like there's a dominant driver quite yet. Like, Lewis is looking a little better than George, but I think that could be subject to change very quickly. Agreed. But I feel like it helps Mercedes that they're not in the title fight to mm-hmm. kind of, like, navigate this situation. Because obviously, in the long run, like, George is going to be their person after yeah. Lewis decides to retire but they also like want to not make Lewis feel like he's being pushed aside for the new person who's come in yeah yeah um yeah what did you think Mercedes brought a lot of upgrades didn't they was that Mercedes or no? It was McLaren brought a lot of upgrades. McLaren had a lot of upgrades and like their floor was very different. Yeah. So they were definitely doing better. And then I do think like there's been so much like optimism about Ferrari. And I'm like, I think they just were going to do better in Baku. Like, I think that track yeah. was more suited to them. They're faster on the turns. And, and it seems like tire deck was not nearly as much of an issue compared to some other yeah. places. Which, okay, have you been seeing a bunch of things about, like, engineers from Red Bull are going to Ferrari? No, but I'm here for it. If that's <laughs> Fred Vasseur's plan, it's not a bad one. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I, it's hard to figure Adrian out how much is were... actually happening and how much is people, like, wanting to be hopeful about Wishing. the future of Ferrari. Yeah. I did see something about Adrian Newey renewing his contract with Red Bull. I saw that too. I was quite yeah. happy. <laughs> I was quite happy. Who knew? In your disappointed side. What happens if Checo leaves and goes and joins? What's the name of the new team that's going to join the grid? Audi. Audi. I think Checo's going to win gonna the be world Audi? championship this season and he's going to retire and leave the perfect legacy. Wow, she's so hopeful. Um, <laughs> yes, I am. I love the idea. I think, I mean, I was, I, I kind of just, do you think he, I just, I struggle to believe he would really quit, but I love, I, I want to live in that world, Annie. I think it's just because I'm making the comparison to Nico Rosberg. No, I got that. <laughs> and I also like, he's old enough that like, it would just be a cool way of like him going out on top. Like, what's yeah. gonna top that? I think I heard an announcer compare him to Valtteri Bottas, and I'm afraid that that may be a more apt comparison. <laughs> I refused 
to believe that. I refuse to get sucked into that line of thinking. I'm just warning you. It's but yeah, probably correct. You. But I um, choose to ignore that. And then, so Checo retires because he's won the world championship. Yes. Daniels, the new second driver at Red Bull. <laughs> or Yuki. <laughs> I can't believe they're going to call up Yuki. That just. He's actually is... been doing really well. No, I'm not saying he's not. I'm saying that Red Bull has bad luck calling up their second drivers from. That's fair. Alphatori. Lando. Lando would be the perfect next driver for Red Bull. His friendship with Max would just implode. You're probably right. Because those two are like. I think that they're pretty legit buddies. Yeah, I think so. So that would that would be fascinating. Okay. I think the only thing we haven't talked about that was on my list was cat on the track. <laughs> or no, we <laughs> cat on the track. Uh <laughs> Charles says some expletive expletive and then says cut. What does he say, Annie? There's a cut. There's a cut. And people were like, no, the Ferrari (laughs) engine. And then later he was like, I said there was a cat. There was a cat on the track. And I've seen the video and the cat is like right in front of him. Like the cat had a little death wish. Did you see Um, the video of the press conference where he's talking about this? And then immediately after Checo says, maybe Max can adopt him. Yes, I loved it. (laughs) Cat on the track. That's a classic. I loved it. It's so, yeah. It's so crazy when like real things come into Formula One. We're like, that's not supposed to happen. (laughs) And like, there are actually like woodchucks that go on the track in Canada. It's like a thing. Or when they were racing in India and like dogs would get on the track. (laughs) Speaking of on the track, we didn't talk about Esteban Ocon. And oh, yeah. the pit stop at the last lap. That watching that video, have you watched his onboard? No, but it's it, I'm sure it's scary. Terrifying. Does he say anything? No, but just like you can watch all of the people like run out of the way in front of him. Well, I saw like though there was like one guy at the very back who you can see is like, what is it? As everyone's running away, and then it's like, oh shoot. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what is happening well it's just so crazy that like i understand logistics are tricky and so you have like a certain timing to how you do things and apparently it's like somewhat normal procedure for them to start setting up the whole pit lane park ferme area for like all the stuff after the race during the last lap but it seems like there needs to be someone who's like keeping track out of it if somebody's gonna come into the pit and like I mean, this is not the first time that a driver has pitted on the last lap. Like you have Alex in Australia last year, and um, and well, and this a similar thing happened there, just not quite as many people and not quite as close. But yeah. no, it. I liked that the FAA was like, "We will be investigating ourselves," and we've done nothing wrong. No. <laughs> Well, they put out official documents about how they were investigating themselves. Yeah. 
so ridiculous. Yeah, what a what a farce. But I mean, yeah, that was scary. And then my as we come into Miami, I wanted to make sure we're not forgetting that um F1 is an exploitative sport. <laughs> and they regularly race in countries that have major human rights issues and Azerbaijan is no Saudi. exception. No. Um so to bring in a little education today, Azerbaijan has had issues with freedom of the press and issues with freedom for women. Um don't worry, the series will continue and we will be addressing it again at the next week's Miami Grand Prix. On an up note, as we were getting ready to record this, Anne told me she had heard a rumor that Daniel Ricardo and Lewis Hamilton were at the Met Gala, the ultimate in Americana. I cannot what do wait you think they're wearing? To see good pictures. Um, well, the picture that I saw of Daniel, I'm not 100% sure if it's real. The picture I saw was him in a fairly standard suit, which is a little bit of a bummer. Boo. I know. I hope Hamilton's there, and I trust that he will bring something interesting. The worst offense I think you can make as a Met Gala attendee is to just be boring. Don't right? be boring. It's better to dress and have people be like, oh my gosh, because yes. at least you made a statement. That's a whole point of it. Yes. 100% agree. 100%. So I we would... just have to wait and see what photos emerge. Maybe Daniel Ricardo is going to go with Harry Styles and Harry can help him with his fashion. <laughs> we can only dream. One can help. One can help. Oh, okay, wait. La the only, like, gossip that I heard that is not gossip was just Charles talking about um, collaborating with Lewis Hamilton on his music because Charles has recorded his song. And I'm obsessed. I love it. And Charles was like, he would have to sing a very depression song. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> that's really oh, it makes me Charles. think of that video of him and carlos where charles just on his phone is playing like adele and he's singing along to it and charles is like this is a very depressing song <laughs> you play it and you don't feel better and it's just like what's going on charles <laughs> oh my gosh uh, maybe Maybe it'll be Charles who replaces Checo or Red Bull. I do not. And I will say, I think that's a never. Hot prediction from me. He's retiring at never. Ferrari. Yes. I think he's retiring at whatever Sauber is going to be. Audi. Audi. Interesting. I, I feel like there is a possibility he could end up at Mercedes in the long run. Sure. I think that one's more believable to me than Red Bull. I see yeah. him never at Red Bull personally. Lando, yes. Charles, no. 
I think the only reason Lando, okay, this is total speculation, which is probably ridiculous, but I'm going to say the only reason that Lando has turned down Red Bull's like uh, interest, because it seems pretty likely that they've made him offers. Um, I'm going to say the only reason he's turned them down is because of what Carlos has told him. That could totally be true. You know, oh, it totally feel right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh huh. And then he had Danny as his next teammate. Although Danny went to Red Bull, like back to Red Bull, so who knows? But I do. That is my personal theory about that. But how ironic is it that Danny is now happier at Red Bull than he ever was at McLaren? McLaren. McLaren is just a real, there must be something so wrong with the way that they work as a team or something because. There's got to like, be something wrong. Did you, did you know that Carlos Sainz Sr. is still a Red Bull driver? Yeah, I, of rally. course I know that. <laughs> yeah, I did know that. <laughs> Which like. I mean, Carlos must not think that terribly of Red Bull if his dad is still doing it. No. So I suppose it's But different. there's a total difference between Red Bull, like... Sponsor rally drivers. Rally being a Red Bull team. Formula One. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I think Red Bull Formula One has a reputation for a reason. Like, you don't have yeah. to look that far. Look at Albon. Look at Gasly. Like, and well, just the fact on. that, like, I legitimately think Nick DeVries, if he doesn't turn it around soon, is going to get axed. Like, that yeah, says exactly. something. Yeah. yeah. I think, like, if Lando is smart, which I actually think he is in a weird way, <laughs> maybe not in a, like, you know, took his GCSEs, but uh, I think you're better off staying with McLaren if McLaren is like you're our driver and like I don't know you're better off staying with McLaren where you'll really be supported even if it's just a disaster when they're making the car and doing everything else yeah do you think Lando would ever go to Mercedes I don't know you think that's who's replacing Hamilton because I'd I watch know. that. That could be exciting. I think I think Mercedes is going to have the ability to just like pick any experienced driver that they want. I think that there's a serious chance it could be Charles. I think it could be Lando. Um, I don't know. It's hard to think who else they would. Okay, this is my yeah, let's hear I was just, it's hard to think who else they would like think highly enough to pick to come there. Oscar Piastri? No. No. Okay, here's what I think will happen. Um, Lando will go to Mercedes when Hamilton retires. Then, then George will go to Ferrari and Carlos will come to Mercedes. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> that feels right it just feels like as things should be 
I don't know who would go to Checo's spot. That's who knows. Anyways, Daniel will be there, forty years old. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there there is totally a chance that, like, if Checo retires and Daniel's sim work has been good, like, why not? They all love Daniel. Or if Nick DeVries is really, I, I think that the Alpha Tori is just not a good car also. Oh, it's a terrible car. Okay. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> like, at least ninth or 10th fastest on the grid. There's only 10 cars. I know. Like, I'm, not, I'm saying it's not any better than that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I should have said at most ninth or tenth fastest. Oh. Well, I think Grace needs to catch up on some sleep after her twenty-four hours of call. I survived it though, and I watched yeah, that did. race. <laughs> and I watched that race, and I was like, I like thought it was a fun race. I mean, it's always hard when the previous race is like super exciting. Yeah, like then the next race you're like okay <laughs> you know i think my pessimism is coming from the fact that like three out of the four races this year have not been great yeah i mean it's definitely difficult when red bull is just like completely dominant it seems like you're not See, even i don't think it has even that much to do necessarily with red bull you don't it's... think the cars are getting in there's, close enough it feels like there's not that much like overtaking and like good fights happening but it seems like some of the teams have struggled a lot more significantly to get up to to create a good car within the regulations yeah or to even figure out how to like adjust to the fact that they did not perform well last season Mm -hmm. yeah like ferrari basically has all of the same problems that they did last year that's so crazy too. It's like what did Mercedes you do? Mercedes too. Sorry. What did you do all winter long? I know. <laughs> they don't know how to function without like unlimited money and Ferrari is like doesn't even know how to function with <laughs> unlimited money. Maybe that's the real reason Aston Martin jumped up because they were always the team that punched above their saying. weight. Yeah. That's literally what I've been saying. Don't steal my thunder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought over, I was like not disappointed in that race. It wasn't like the most exciting. Did I almost fall asleep? Yes. But did I fall asleep? No. Because I was working. No. <laughs> well, are we ready for chaos in Miami? Miami. I'm very excited for Miami. I'm, I do have to say, like, I don't really enjoy the way that the American Grand Prix have been made as sort of like corporate play things. Like, they're not really made for people who live in the U.S. to go to them. And I think that's a bummer. Like, yeah. I'm not pleased with everything in regards to the Las Vegas Grand Prix. Like, that's not made for anyone to go watch it. And that sucks because... A, a, is meant for people to enjoy it yes. and 
And I think it's really, to me, feels crappy in the context of like Grand Prix in other countries are like much more affordable. Yeah. Well, and also like Miami was not a super great track last year. Vegas does not seem like it's going to be super great track. And so out of the three, the only like decent racing track is Coda, which seems Mm -hmm. like an awesome track, but like it just... Like, Vegas is going to be a spectacle. I'm sure it's going to be fun and the drivers are going to have fun. But it, like... like, literally, it's $500 to walk around and not even be guaranteed ability to see the track. Yes. And it, like, it feels like they're playing into the, like, corporate money part of America instead of, like, showing the fun, good parts of the U.S., Well, it's also, like, very frustrating in the context of, like, Drive to Survive is meant to, like, draw people in and make them interested in Formula One, but then to create all these races that are completely inaccessible to Americans sucks. That's what I think. Sucks so much. That's what I think. You're better off going to the Canadian Grand Prix if you live in America Mm -hmm. because the Grand Prix they're making in America, they're not for us. They're not for people. They're for corporations to buy boxes to, to take other rich people to. Like, the celebrities I know can that walk around like, without knowing what's going on. I'm not going to join you in that, Annie, because I think it's almost always like explicitly about female celebrities and I will not engage in that sexism. But like... I don't think any of the male celebrities really know what's going on, except for a few of them. She's coming for you, Brad Pitt. <laughs> but yeah, like it's crappy. I it's it's sad. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting, sad. like being in I feel like Tumblr has a pretty like international, I don't know, like group that I'm connected with for Formula One fans. And like I think they don't even realize like how inaccessible Formula One, like going to a Formula One race would be for an American. Because no I guess the other side of that too is like you know the U.S. is huge so getting to Texas could be a four-hour flight and you know staying someplace and yeah yeah which it it's frustrating because the like owners of Formula One talk about wanting to like tap the American market and take advantage of this like giant first and viewership and interest from the United States but the way they're going about doing it is like it's not gonna well the races that they're creating it's not gonna help them do that at all it definitely feels like I think when dad was on we were talking about like will formula one buy IndyCar and it definitely feels like as people get interested in formula one they eventually decide in the U.S. they eventually decide to just get more into IndyCar so that they can go to races and like have more like connection to the sport which I like I like really enjoy the ridiculousness of it all with F1 and how they travel the world and that's really fun but it's like you know if you make a Grand Prix I still I think you're like just general admission no grandstand seat you should have a base ticket that's like a hundred bucks and that's still expensive Mm-hmm. but like come on yeah yeah agreed joe biden needs to address this 
<laughs> there were definitely a bunch of people on Twitter yesterday afternoon who were basically like, wow, IndyCar is so much more entertaining than Formula One this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I am excited for Miami and I hope mm. they have those boats just on cardboard cutouts of water again. The fake marina. The fake marina. Like, come on. <laughs> no, I'm excited. I'm excited. I hope they don't make them wear football helmets again. Like, I it's also so <laughs> intriguing that they do that because you're just like, you know, when I think of football, I really don't think Miami. I know. Don't You're the Miami football girl, all. Anne. I was like, I, I guess I would think Texas. Texas. Or maybe I think baseball. Maybe they should have them wearing baseball helmets. Well, it's in a part, part of the track goes either like through it's... or around the Dolphins football stadium. Okay. That's why. Well, actually, that the whole... really gives, that reeks of like, you have the no idea. The whole paddock is going to be what... inside the stadium this year intriguing Mm -hmm. when will they make a formula one race in minneapolis in the winter (laughs) can you imagine it'd be like the uh race of champions in sweden yeah (laughs) (laughs) or they'd be hiring people to come out and shovel like they do at football games at lambeau field yep i'd watch that but yeah I don't know. And it must feel like such a bummer too. not. Okay. I'm going to stop being a downer about this, but it has to be a huge bummer to live in one of those cities and basically be like, I can't even attend this event that I'm excited about. Yeah. And it's not even like Monaco where you could just like look out your window or find a friend whose window looks out over the track. When we were, we were trying to figure out a Grand Prix to go to, and we were talking to Sarah about it. And Sarah was like, let's go to Monaco. We don't even need to get tickets. Just rent an (laughs) apartment for hundreds of thousands of dollars for a weekend. (laughs) I was loving that. I'm like, I love the optimism. (laughs) I mean, and Monaco is a great example of like, a more corporate Grand Prix, I would say. The only person I know who's gone to the Monaco Grand Prix, and I did meet someone who has, basically didn't know what Formula One was, was on a business trip to France, and his friend was like, oh, like, my company has tickets. You want to go see the Formula One Grand Prix with me? And he was like, okay. Yes. That's insane. And I was like, you don't deserve that. No. (laughs) You know, but like, yeah. Yeah. Wow. In like 2018, I think. Crazy. He saw Daniel win. Didn't care. He didn't care. (laughs) That's the celebrity we should be talking about. My random friend. (laughs) He saw Daniel win and he probably didn't even realize how big of a deal that he actually won with his power engine failure. Oh. I love it. You're like, he didn't even know about his power engine failure. No. But yeah, but I am excited for Miami and, yes. you know, Hopefully I just want is. to formally publicly lodge my complaint with Formula One and Liberty Media that they should make their Grand Prix more accessible. Agreed. And in states that are not creating some interesting human rights situations. <laughs> should I do it by state? That would be crazy. That would be a I think trip. by state, yeah. Okay. I'll work on it. 
Pen- well, I'll work on it. Ron I mean, DeSantis, I'm Texas coming for you. <laughs> yeah, let's well, get into it. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll see you yeah. after Miami. Like, comment, Ooh. subscribe, share with your friends. We're on Apple Podcasts now. Big exciting news. Woot woot. <laughs> I spent way too long figuring that out. I'm glad you did. Thank you. It's done. Okay. We'll see you all in after Miami. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Bye.